This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball season, it comes and goes. But Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Tonight, the Houston Astros wrap up their three-game series in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. It's the rubber game of this three-game set after Arizona picked up a 14-7 win over the Astros yesterday. Abraham Toro, two hits, including a homer, drove in two. Kyle Tucker added a two-run home run, but the Astros saw their win streak into two games. Diamondbacks ended a three-game skid. Astros 6-5 and five on the year in second place in the AL West behind Oakland, while the Diamondbacks are 4-8 and eight so far this season. They are in last in the National League West, four and a half behind the Rockies. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, it will be the first Major League start for Brandon Belak today for the Astros. Looked impressive in a couple of long relief outings. Five and a third innings at the big league level. Six strikeouts and no homers. Yeah, we've seen him the, the last couple of years in spring training. He's not one of the Astros' top prospects. He's right in the middle somewhere. I think 13th best prospect in the Astros organization. But when we watch him, he looks like one of their top pitchers because he's so polished. He came out of Notre Dame looking like he was ready to go, and he's risen through the ranks for the Astros and finds himself now in place of Josh James in the rotation. It makes sense to me, too, because Belak has four pitches he can throw, uh, give you a different look second and third time through. Meanwhile, right-hander Zach Gallen on the mound for the Diamondbacks. If you haven't heard of him, a lot of people haven't, but... He's been one of the better young pitchers, had a really good rookie year last season with the Marlins and Diamondbacks in 15 starts, and so far so good this year. Yeah, he stacks up really well. and Yeah, it's somebody that you really haven't heard of that's in the top 10, top 15 of pitchers in a lot of different categories. Uh, opponents batting average against righties and lefties, equally good, low 200s. Uh, so he's got something for you. Uh, he's got a cut fastball, kind of naturally cuts, uh, throws about like Belak as far as 92, 93 miles per hour, but moves it around, a polished pitcher out of University of North Carolina. He knows what he's doing, so the Astros got to get to work. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Diamondbacks have a lot more confidence coming into today's game. They've been struggling offensively for much of the year, but broke out with 14 runs yesterday after scoring 29 runs total this season coming into yesterday's ball game. And it kind of feels like you don't want them to sustain that momentum going into today, try to get off to, I mean, you always want to get off to a good start, but it feels like it's even more imperative against this Diamondbacks team. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams, Robert, you, you look at this Astros team right now and their roster, and you can certainly tell what their weak point is. Their Achilles heels is going to be their bullpen and the inexperience down there. It's not for lack of arms and velocity and talent and things like that. It's just lack of experience. So you're going to see on a nightly basis 
one or two pitchers. If you bring in five, one or two are going to be kind of wild. So uh, what are the other teams going to do to expose that? So that's what the Astros have to be careful of. It's pitchers like Brandon Belak, Kristen Javier, uh, Zach Greinke. you got to get some length. we, we got to start seeing pitchers go six innings and more. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later, we'll hear from Arizona Diamondbacks broadcaster and former big league pitcher Tom Candiotti. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Well, Dusty, things were moving along pretty well for the Astros last night. You know, Lance McCullers Jr., uh, perfect through the first three innings and offense had built an, an early lead. And I mean, it really just seemed like uh, it just came unraveled in that, in that fourth inning. And it just seemed like it happened really fast too for, for McCullers and for the whole ball club. Well, it sure did. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think they, they changed their, their game plan on him. And uh, you could tell they were sitting on breaking ball and it was almost like they knew what was, what was coming, but that's what it's like when you, you know, when the feeding frenzy starts, uh, it was like blood in the water. The sharks were out, and they were first ball hitting. I think uh, heck, they had first five first ball hits. And when that happens, it's uh, it, it's almost impossible to get anybody loose, you know, quick enough because it happens so quickly. And then, then the uh, you know guy I had uh, you know warming up in the bullpen, Rodriguez, was still in starter mode. And I'm like, come on, son, you, you got to speed this up a little bit because this is about to unravel in a hurry, which it did. And so this is part of the learning process for a lot of the young guys in the bullpen as well, that, you know, you don't have the luxury if you're in the bullpen to do the same kind of warm-ups that you have when you're when, as a starting pitcher. I mean, that was tough to take. And every time we would seemingly get kind of close and they'd jump us again. And so you certainly, uh, you know, can't trade runs with them, uh, you know, in those middle innings. And I've always, I was always told years ago that it seems like one team sport scores more runs in one uh, inning than the team does, the losing team does the rest of the game. And last night was a, was an example of that. Do you make much out of uh, the roof opening in the fourth inning or right before the fourth inning the, with the ball carrying a, a little better, having much of an effect? Well, it carried, it carries, it carries here anyway, but with the roof open, it, it was like we were back in Colorado. If you hit the ball up in the air, it was almost out of here, but I don't make a whole bunch of it because the roof was open for us too. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we had the same opportunities that they had. It's just that they, they capitalize on that roof being open because, man, they were like, you know, jumping on that, that first pitch and most of the time they were breaking balls. So, you know, I, you know, I think we learned the lesson that, you know, sometimes you got you got to change your game plan or recognize what they're trying to do to you. That's the whole thing. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, game planning that sometimes you have to change your plan in between uh, because the other team over there is planning at the same time. Rosters went down from 30 players to 28 players today. Uh, Astros right. optioning two players, uh, Brian Abreu and Jack Mayfield, to the to the alternate side. Although uh, the Abreu will be on the on the taxi squad for the Astros. With Abreu, uh, he was a guy who you know certainly looked really good in spring training. Was getting stretched out. Uh, didn't seem to look quite as good in, in summer camp and so far during the regular season. What have you seen? 
uh, with Abreu and what do you hope he works on uh, now that he's off the major league roster? Well, you know, the first thing, you know, you got to get your, you know, get your mind together, you know, because it's a shock for a young man not to have success if he had come up and already had success. And then you're like, oh, no, man, I, I can't believe I'm blowing my chance. But, I mean, when you're young, you're going to get a number of chances. It just doesn't seem like you're going to get a number of chances. And the thing about it is, uh, more than anything, is that he has to get in, in tip-top shape, you know, because, like, you know, I mean, he came back heavier from the Dominican second time than he came the first time. So, number – and it's hard to get in shape and – and pitch at the same time. So the, the, the two things that I originally work on, it was to get in shape uh, and, and some mechanical stuff, but, but mostly to get his, you know, to get his, uh, you know, get his head together and find a way to, you know, feel free and relax. Brandon Belak making his first major league start tonight, impressive in a couple of long relief appearances so far in the big leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have an idea of uh, how long you'd like to see Belak go or how long he could be stretched out with this being his first start? Well, I mean, this is like a performance start. <laughs> the longer you perform, and you know, the longer you go. And then when we start recognizing, you know, the signs of you possibly getting tired, then that's where we're going to take you out. And so, uh, you know, I just hope that he's not affected, uh, you know, by the the fact that he knew when he was going to pitch, you know, the night before versus in long relief, like I told you yesterday, is probably the easiest job in the big leagues because you usually come in when you're behind or, uh, you know, there's not that much pressure on you. So, but I don't see this young man, you know, feeling a whole bunch of pressure uh, because he's a, he's a pretty calm young man. Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. All right. Thank you, Robert. We need it because we need to have this one before we go into Oakland. All right. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Well, welcome back to AstroLaunch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks before the third game of this three-game series with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm pleased to be joined by not only a better radio broadcaster than myself, a much better pitcher than myself, a knuckleballer at that is Tom Candiotti. Tom, Candyman, man, thanks for joining me. Yeah, the only thing I could do is tear open a phone book, though. Sorry, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, look, no knuckleballers in the league right now. What's going on? I don't know. You tell me, man. It's like all these guys now are are looking for velocity and all yeah. this stuff. And and uh, in our day, you know, it was it was trying to get guys out and and try to induce ground balls and try to get you know little pop ups or fly balls, whatever yeah, it was. Balance. That's the way, you know, pitching was back then. But now, all of a sudden, I guess they figure the more slings and misses they get, the less guys can put the ball in play and the better success the pitcher's going to have. But not all, and everybody can be Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole. Right. You know, so, you know, a lot of guys can throw hard, but they have no idea where it's going. And these guys can hit fastballs big time. So you knew this when you played, and there's a certain niche uh, for a knuckleball pitcher, and it's not only – for his game that he pitched, but it was racking up complete games and inning. I mean, you had 17 complete games when you're it's innings and how much that makes everybody else better. And the starters have a fresh bullpen because of what you did. There's got to be a niche for those guys. Doesn't there? You know what? When we would go five innings and came out, we would get 
you know, boot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, you know, people are coming off there tipping their hat. Like I did a good job. Yeah. But it, it was a, a bullpen day. And when you look through the history of knuckleball pitchers, you know, guys like, like Charlie Huff or Negro or, um, and, and Wake, I mean, Wakefield really saved the Red Sox for like a number of years, you know, with kind of a dual role of right. either starting or relieving or, you know, some guy gets hurt, you know, Timmy's in the game. Um, and there's always been like one or two knuckleballers, sometimes a little bit more, but not many, that are usually like, you know, in the legs. And, uh, and it's kind of sad. You really don't see that anymore at all. Do you, do you hear about any knuckleballers in the minor leagues right now? Because I used to, but the last couple of years, I, I haven't been hearing about guys. Have you? No, you know, I've been contacted a couple times, you know, throughout the years, yeah. you know, a handful of times with guys that are trying to learn how to throw and they want to just kind of, you know, just kind of check things out with you and things like that. And, and you know, yourself, myself, you know, all the knuckleballers, I'm sure, are always willing to help. And, uh, you know, whatever you can, some guy that's trying to make that, uh, you know, that jump to be a knuckleball pitcher. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the last guy that I talked to that said he had a couple guys going was uh, was Dan Duquette. And he was huh. with the Orioles at the time. We were going to play Baltimore and, and saw him. And he had like three or four guys he was trying to develop. But, um, you know, Danny's gone from there. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what's happened. I haven't been I haven't heard from anybody, really. So yeah. I'm not sure what's happening. Well, you were one of the big influences with me. Who was one of the biggest influences with you? Well, you know, the strange thing with me is I came up, um, my first full year in the major leagues was with Phil, Phil Necro. We acquired him during spring training. How about that? And Nuxie was 47 years old at the time. Right? <laughs> I think he just won like 15 or 16 games the year before. You're some whippersnapper just biting right? at his heels, right? And I'm just coming out of winter ball learning how to throw this thing, you know, because I kind of came up as a pitcher, but, you know, lack of stuff really wasn't going to keep me in the big leagues. Right. And uh, so he helped me through a lot just watching him pitch. Uh, I mean, I already knew how to throw a knuckleball at the time. So, you know, I learned more by changing speeds and mm. – and you know things like that with with phil and then um at that same time uh charlie huff was with the rangers and so i'll never forget we went into play uh texas and i had to throw a side and so of course necro would always come out and watch me throw a side okay you know which is intimidating enough oh, you know it had to the, be right sure yeah and then uh and then charlie's standing there so i got these two you know <laughs> knuckleball pitchers gurus some, you know, some yeah. of the greatest right yeah and uh here they are just sitting there like looking at every pitch I throw. And I don't think I ever sweated so much in one <laughs> bullpen outing ever, you know, but wow. I ended up becoming really good friends with Charlie and uh, still stay in touch today with him. And uh, so, you know, th those two guys really, really helped me out. Let me run this by you, Candy. I'm talking with Tom Candiotti. He's a radio broadcaster with the D-backs, longtime knuckleballer. Uh, Bob Melvin, the manager for the A's last year when they were in town at Minute Maid Park, uh, I was in their dugout before the game, just talking and listening to him talk to the, the media. And he tossed me a baseball toward the end of the scrum. He said, do you think you could throw a knuckleball with that? And you know, all the talk last year was about how hard the balls had gotten and the balls flying out of the ballpark. And literally, Candy, I couldn't, I couldn't dig my fingernails into the ball and make an impression. And you know full well, I mean, you, you wanted to get a grip and be able to you know, really fill it in there, but it felt like a cue ball. It felt like it was a 40-degree day and the ball was hard as a rock. That might be a deterrent for a while, don't you think? 
Well, I, I think that has something to do with it for sure because it was always to the point when, when I pitched, when you stuck your fingernails in there, you could always get like a little bit of an indentation in there. Yeah, a little bit. You know, and just a little bit, right? And mm -hmm. um, and nowadays when you get these things, these things are wound so tight. Yeah. You know, so it's a different thing. Now, now to go back a step, when you're talking about knuckleballers coming up, I have been working with this one kid named Mickey Janice. He's in uh, AAA right now. I believe he is with, um, well, I'm not sure if he's with Tampa now or what, but he was with the Mets. Maybe okay. he's still with the Mets. And, uh, in fact, we play golf together. And uh, he went to the Fall League a couple of years ago. He's got a great knuckleball. Huh. I mean, it's sick. It really yeah. is really good. So he's, he's got what it takes. He's got the knuckleball. But it's now it's just trying to get a chance and trying to get, like, somebody that can catch him and someone that's going to believe in him. And yeah. um, But he's made the adjustment where he can throw those the knuckleballs not so well with the major league ball, but with the triple A ball that he has that he brings. It's different. It's so different. Now I yeah. thought last year they were supposed to triple A balls were supposed to be like major Pacific league Coast balls, right? League ball was was the same as the major league ball, supposedly. Okay. So maybe he was in the international league, I guess it is. May have been, yeah. Whatever it is, I don't know. But but they were definitely different. And uh, so, which is kind of interesting with those baseballs. Yeah. So how did you make the transition? You said your stuff wasn't going to allow you to stay at the major league level. But you got to the big leagues without the knuckleball originally with Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I got to the major leagues, um, I went through, had Tommy John surgery um, back in 1981. Yeah. And uh, overcame that, luckily. Never was a hard thrower. Um, but I always had a good curveball, and, and I had really good control. Yeah. And so um, when I first started throwing the knuckleball, I kind of related more to Joe Negro mm -hmm. and because Joe, to me, was a pitcher that threw a knuckleball instead yeah. of a straight knuckleball pitcher. And I thought that if I just throw my knuckleball when I get even or ahead in the count, then I'm always going to keep myself in pretty good pitching situations. Mm. You know, it's hard to, like, you know, just keep throwing knuckleballs. Next thing you know, you're two and oh, you're two and one, you're three and one. You know, it's 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 hard that way to pitch. Yeah. You gotta you gotta pitch just like everybody else. And so that was um that kind of took a lot of pressure off me, knowing that I still had enough stuff to be able to compete against major leaguers, you know, on maybe short term basis. But when I add the knuckleball to my repertoire, then all of a sudden it elevated me because now I had a real out pitch. Yeah, went up. If I got to 0-2, then, as you know, it's over because you can throw, let it go, and you don't care who catches it or who right. hit it. It's just going to be funny. That's your problem, yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. All right, one piece of advice for a kid. You know, a kid uh, that's probably not going to get a, a chance to get a college scholarship without something new. Uh, what are you telling him? One piece of advice if he wants to be a knuckleballer. Well, you got to have a lot of patience, number one. And um, my advice, because I lived this, was mm -hmm. to – pitch but be a pitcher that throws a knuckleball and then keep graduating to try to be into that knuckleball pitcher because i did that transition where early on in my career i was the pitcher that threw the knuckleball yeah and as my career progressed and maybe the last four or five years i, I pitched i was more of a knuckleball pitcher because my other stuff had declined uh, well it's great advice if i could add one thing to that and I lived this my first few years was I still tried to throw hard because I had a good arm. Uh, but if you could dial it down, if you could dial your fastball down and still be able to go back and forth between your knuckleball and your fastball, it's not that big of an adjustment. And you can stay in those kind of the same mechanics. But instead of yeah. throwing 87, 88 miles per hour, 
those 79 or 80. And I think, I think just the surprise and the location of the pitch is more effective uh, and going back and forth being a pitcher that way. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, when you're throwing, when, when hitters know that you have a knuckleball, the first thing they think of is like, oh, you know, they get a little defensive already. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're, when you throw enough knuckleballs, your 79, 80 mile an hour fastball looks like it's about 90 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, it's a million, it yeah. It becomes so much better. And it's so much more fun when you're throwing all these knuckleballs and you're changing speeds with it. And then you strike a guy out on a fastball. It's yeah, like is that the best feeling in the, the world? Best in the world. Yeah, you it's feel like a best. tough guy. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. I go, yeah, I pump your chest out. I just threw this ball right by him. That's right. Well, I could talk to you all day about this candy, but I appreciate you joining us on the pregame show. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season. And stay safe, man. This is a weird one. I know, I know. I'm, I'm bummed I can't see you this year, man, but yep. it'll, it'll open up for you. Yeah, I'll see you down the road. Take care, All man. Right. All right, see you, Sparky. AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.